Hey, Brock, how are you? Doing well, John. How are you? I'm good. I was just uh, shopping microphones this morning. I was looking at uh, wireless lab mics because for the past, let's see, I've had my channel for three years. So for two and a half years, people have said I need a better microphone. And uh, I was just looking at a boom system where I can take it, like mount it onto my wall in front of all the soundproofing gear that I have. And so that I can like bring that around and use that for either voiceovers or podcasting so that I have like a real audio setup and then I can move it out of the way when I'm done. So that would be just for your audio, like that wouldn't be where you did your videos? Yeah, that would be for voiceover podcasting and then the lav mics would be whenever I shoot real videos. But I like using the shotgun and like having to either worry about where the mic is or something. Um, but I'm also soundproofing. So I did the ballast on the ceiling, but I've got a soundproof and a light like a blackout curtain on that window. I think that's where I was getting on my uh, echo from. And so I've almost, I've almost got it there. Cause I was watching, you know, like your video just went up today of the sneakers, like Teddy's audio always sounds really crisp. Baron's always sounds really good. And then, um, you know, I'm always trying to just get to like, just a little bit better. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I'm still not quite happy with mine. I, I like the way my podcast audio sounds. Cause I'm kind of like, it's like there's a little bit of room in it, but that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I'm using like a really nice like um, large diaphragm condenser mic, and you know it it sounds pretty good. But then my video audio is still like a little roomy, and since I'm in a rental, I can't uh, you know I I can't like mount um, baffles to the ceiling or anything like that or like do anything too big, so. It's tough. I don't know about it. Do you do this where like every time you run into like a technical production problem, you just consider like, like I always think like, why don't I just outsource all the production? Like go to a studio to do this, <laughs> hire a video production team, like just go there like once a week and like knock a bunch of videos out. But I don't think that's going to happen. I've thought about it because I did go to a studio that's local here. I was working with them on a project for my day job and it's like turnkey. You walk in you record a bunch of stuff and then they send you, you can either pay them to edit the video or they'll send you all the footage that was recorded and then you pay like for the hour that you were in there. But I'm, I also find myself more on like the Casey Neistat thing, which is just like start drilling holes and cutting stuff up and like fixing it. But I also thought about like, especially for unboxings or some of this stuff, it's like there's, there's still a nice aspect to it, which is like a guy in his bedroom versus like full on production um, which is what I like about, you know, Alpha M's now, he, I think he just hit 4 million subscribers. It's like his production is the same as it was, you know, five years ago and stuff. So it's always walking that fine line. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, all, all the production quality can't save weak content. Like the, you know, the writing and the actual like substance has to be there. People will overlook, you know, B, B plus production or whatever, but yeah, I still, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's it's more of like, what's where's the bottleneck? You know, like, would it help put out more content if I could uh, get some help with the production? Or because it is kind of fun, you know, sort of like Casey Neistat style. Like, it's fun doing the craft, like top down shot and and all that stuff. So forth. When I run into like a some sort of technical difficulty, I'm always like, ah, man, why am I, why am I trying to do all this myself? <laughs> I know I'm really close to mounting LEDs up near where I have that mount on my wall so that I can get good lighting for some of the unboxings. So that's always, you know, you can spend so much money on gear. That's what I like about like Peter McKinnon is, you know, a lot of times he, d he gets right back to that, which is like, you know, I could do, I could have 
a mediocre video, but if I still help guys pick the best sneaker, then that's what's going to really count. Yeah, that's so true. I have thought about getting, I, I think the next like big upgrade I'm going to do is, um, some sort of gimbal or like some sort of stabilizer for the, for my Canon and then some sort of like semi-permanent top-down rig where it's, it's more like, you know, I, I can still use like, uh, the Canon on it. So I can not necessarily get like a whole secondary camera, like Casey Neistat has for the top down, but have it like mounted to the desk. So it doesn't have to be adjusted. So you kind of stick the camera on and it's already got that nice, even top down shot. I know. Cause you, it still looks like you're consistent with your videos now, like your position when you do your stand up shots and everything. So it, it looks like you've got something pretty laid down. Yeah, that part is pretty consistent. I'd like to have a more interesting background, but um, but yeah, got to put some thought into that. Well, so. you can get a breakfast picture, or you can That's get a, true. a dinner picture. That's just, that. That'd be funny. <laughs> Compliment. <laughs> so, what's your what's your schedule like now? Because uh, you're traveling a lot, and I know you're still pretty regular on posting. But uh, what's that been like now for the past month since we talked? Man, it's been not a uh, a boring day. So yeah, I was in New York all last week and, um, it's actually funny cause you, you sent me that article about, uh, you texted me that article about that steam pipe bursting and flat iron. And I was like, I looked down at my text and I see like, I think it was a uh, Gothamist or something. And I see the picture on the article and then I look up and it's like the exact same picture that I'm looking at in real life. <laughs> and I sent you that picture. Um, but yeah, I was, I was up there and it was, it was awesome. We did like just some cool uh, video photo shoots hung out with uh, Baron and, and Megan Collins and Marcel Flores and uh, yeah, then coming back here and, and, you know, trying to make sure I have, cause you know how it is. Like when you go out of town, you got to have the content that's ready for that week and the next week because you're, you're not gonna be able to work on it. So it's, uh, it's, it's spinning plates, man, but it's been fun. Yeah. I know there's so many times I like, I just have a hard drive full of stuff that I'm like, all right, I'll edit this when I'm on this flight and then, you know, this night I'll get this done. And so it's working ahead, um, in, in a different way from, you know, other things. But so then I, I saw too, I mean, you did a, a cool guide on like pants fitting for Peter Manning, which is very complimentary to what you're doing with modest man. And it, and it seems like you're really able to leverage your expertise and, and they're happy to have you. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to, we're trying to basically just make it like really in-depth educational content, like same stuff I've been trying to do with modest man, just on Peter Manning's channels, uh, in a way that, you know, is helpful to men, but also much like attract new customers. Cause I, I think a lot of guys, you know, I think a lot of the guys that like already watch like our channels, for example, or listen to this podcast, they probably kind of understand fit or like maybe they're learning about it, but they're, they're already aware that style matters and maybe they have some room for improvement you know, and I think a lot of guys out there, like probably the majority, at least of, of American men don't actually know that style matters and that there's room for improvement. So we're trying to figure out ways to get, get their attention, you know, I'd, and, uh, I'd make yeah, the case that we have some of the best looking and most informed listeners of any podcast out there. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a very self-selecting group and I'm, and I'm happy to have you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's, it's funny because like inside of our listener base, like there's probably people who are super advanced, but even, even that subset is, is leagues ahead of the average guy, you know? Yeah. I constantly think about, um, they, they have that crossing the cabin, you know, the bell curve of people and it's like, 
you know, we're sitting at this very far left end of the bell curve of guys that are informed in style. And it's like, how do you get some of the guys that are over on the right, over at the peaks, you know, the guys that are, they'd be willing to listen. And, and that's what I see a lot on, um, I see a ton of Manny stuff on well-built style on Twitter, uh, where, you know, guys are tweeting back at him, you know, changing their lives by some of his advice just on fit and dialing and everything. And, um, you know, I love that stuff. Yeah. It's funny you mention that like his, his Twitter account is one of like, I don't use Twitter all that much, but I actually, I probably retweet his stuff more than any other account. Like it's just so good and so helpful. He's just really using that platform in the right way. Yeah, absolutely. He's very, it seems very consistent with it too. Like I, I don't, I, I go on a couple of times a week and usually he's like, he's has just been on there and he's tweeting about stuff. So uh, he's definitely grown. I think since we interviewed him, he's at least doubled his uh, Twitter following and for good reason. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for him. So yeah, I was just, I was catching up on your uh, latest videos and you did something different with your summer lookbook uh, that you did uh, up in Boston with uh, our boy Escobar style. So that, that was pretty cool. How'd that, how'd that work out? Yeah. I reached out to him when I knew I was going to be there for a conference and I was like, Hey, look, I'll, I'll take a later flight in the day. Let's go around and, and shoot in Boston and, uh, and try something out. Cause he has done a lot of cinematic style and I have been wanting to do stuff like that. And, um, you know, we just said, we're going to do these looks for this day and we'll both shoot each other's videos. So it's like, if we're going out for four or five hours, we'll both get videos out of it, edit them. And, uh, I'm pretty pleased with the way it went. I like switching up. I like switching up any of the videos that I do, but switching up the music and like going out and hunting for good music. Like you've always got rock solid music and, um, just going out and finding that kind of stuff to then put to the, to the video. Um, you know, I learned a lot just by shooting that one and I could see myself doing more. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's definitely, it's like a totally different format from what you usually do. Did, did it, uh, was it pretty well received by your guys, your audience? Yeah, it seems like it. Um, you know, it's got, 10 thumbs down or something which is not it's a little bit high on the higher side but the video has been doing well and so i think if i were to combine that with a little bit of um like because what carlos did on his was a voiceover about what he chose and why he chose it and so that's normally in the realm of what i do but i think it's a cool way to showcase products that um is a little different than standing in front of a wall yeah totally i mean it makes sense you know with what we talk about especially since uh because you do a lot of like unboxings and reviews, so it's kind of cool to see, you know, if if you've shown, I don't know, I mean, hundreds of products on your channel. It's like here's what you're actually traveling with and wearing uh, in real life. Yeah, and that's what I want to really get to. And I, because I get a lot of messages on Instagram of like, you know, people watch the videos, and I can see in isolation. It's like if you're interested in a brand, but um, what I need to get better at is is aggregation and and the roundups, which is to say like, you know, I've got, I think I've got. 12 sneakers over here i think i probably talked about this last time we recorded an episode that i want to do the roundup and everything and so um kind of what you're doing with peter manning it's like you got a guide that covers a lot of things and and gives some really dense information through one one topic and uh you know best performance chino or best performance chinos best performance trousers uh best performance shirt like all that stuff is what i'm lacking on yeah yeah i feel like with uh with the current like library videos that you have and also just like, I guess the, the knowledge base, like you could do some of those more in depth, like, okay, I've, 
I've done, you know, 20 videos on, uh, like new direct to consumer shoe brands. Here's the one that I recommend, or here's the three that I recommend at these price points, like more like, um, evergreen stuff that, that could, uh, you'd probably have to update it, you know, every, I don't know, a couple of years or something, but kind of like, um, overviews based on all this knowledge that you've accumulated over the years, you know? Yeah. All I need is a little bit more time so I can put them together. Cause that's the thing is like, I was, I think I've talked to a couple guys at Medfluential. It was like, I can churn out some of these unboxings from like start to finish in two hours, but I want to take some of that time and put it into the roundups for exactly that reason. Because, um, you know, my men, my made to measure suit roundup is, is one of, it's not my most popular video, but it's the one I get the most questions and the most compliments on because it is so helpful to see Indochino compared to Black Lapel compared to Oliver Wicks. And I've now added, I've doubled the number of suits that I've tried out, but I don't have a video where I bring them all together. And so that's what I'm working on now is to try and uh, make more time to carve that out instead of trying to feed the YouTube beast, which is what we always talk about. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going in that direction too. Like I'm working on one that's... Um, it's it's like off the rack versus made to measure versus bespoke. <clears throat> now that I have my uh, bespoke suit from Alan David, and you know I want it to be it's going to be an article. I want it to have really good photography, like not just screenshots of, of the video, but like really good photography, a good video with with B roll wearing each suit, and uh, uh, so it's just you know to produce that that piece that like multimedia piece is like just takes a lot of time, um, but that's the kind of stuff that I want to do, you know? And I think that that's like the most helpful content that I can produce, even if it's, uh, even if it means doing, you know, less content. So definitely like, I know we talk about this all the time, but I'm definitely like moving more and more in that direction. Yeah, I know. On a similar topic, when we were talking about the podcast, would you feel offended or would you feel like ingratiated by somebody that falls asleep to a podcast? Like if somebody was like, Hey, I listen to buttoned up and I fall asleep. What would your feeling on that be? I mean, I think that, you know, we have very soothing, uh, relaxing voices and, uh, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> Cause there's one specific podcast that I listen to when I'm traveling to fall asleep. And as I was listening to it a few weeks ago, I was like, I wonder if they would f- like, I wonder if they'd care that I fall asleep to their podcast specifically all the time because uh, it's just like two dudes chatting about movies and it like <laughs> like puts me right to sleep. And uh, I was wondering if uh, I don't know how other people would feel about it. What have you heard the, uh, the podcast Sleep With Me? You know, I was just I just heard about that on Ninety Nine Percent Invisible when I was driving home today. Is uh, they were talking about the forecast in the UK that goes over the BBC radio and they had the guy from sleep with me talk about it. And now I'm kind of tempted to go try that out too. Yeah, man, I was listening to that, um, back when I lived in DC, uh, I was like having trouble sleeping, uh, for like a, a couple months and I started listening to sleep with me. It worked so well. And I don't know why, like it, it wasn't even ASMR really. It was just this guy talking about like kind of boring stuff. And I don't know, it worked. I almost got like, semi addicted to it and then uh but then when when becca um started sleeping over she didn't like it she's like this is weird like turn it off so i had to stop listening to it i loved his description of it where he said i want to hold the listener's hand enough that they can get on grasp on the story but they're comfortable enough with what i'm talking about that they can let go and I'll, like I've, that, that felt really nice but then they also said that um one of the ways that people were falling asleep was a, a particular reader reading 
the terms and conditions of the GDPR uh, law that just went into place, and then I played a clip of that, and I was like, I could absolutely fall asleep to the GDPR terms and conditions with a British guy reading them. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's a British guy. <laughs> but I find myself talking like they do in the podcast. I hear their cadences coming through, so it's almost like subconscious. I do set a sleep timer, so I'm like, I usually fall asleep a few minutes before the sleep timer goes off. But uh, maybe if I listen to more legalese and you know larger words, then I'll be able to slowly, subtly expand my vocabulary. Well, speaking of uh, soothing tones, um, didn't where did you get that that press about your uh, James Bond video? Oh yeah, uh, I was mentioned on the NPR Happy Hour podcast. I well. I know it's a happy hour podcast, and I'm not sure if or when it airs, but I was, uh, they, they said my tones are narcoleptic. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Which, hey, I'll take narcoleptic if uh, they want to shout me out on the podcast. I also, uh, I had a comment on a video last night. Somebody said that I look like I drink soy, and uh, <laughs> I was like, well, there's no soy in this house, but uh, I, I saw that come up um, one of the podcasts I love, Dissect, they, somebody said that he sounds like Wonder Bread, but they love the information. And so, yeah, not for everybody. That's hilarious, dude. We should have a, a segment on this show where we like we share our, like our our best comment or worst comment uh, from like the previous period. Oh, absolutely. I got I've taken a couple of screenshots and I've done like responses to them at the end of my videos. So, yeah, I can definitely grab a couple between the next one because there's some gold. Yeah, that would be that'd be hilarious. Like I got one today. What's wrong with his neck? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, there was an interesting thing where uh, it was you know Hank Green who did um, you know VidCon and all those things. He, one of his uh, it's not really advice, but one of the things he mentioned in a talk once is that you'll notice as your audience grows, people will stop talking to you in the comments and they'll start start talking about you, and that's when you've gone from like a moderate sized YouTuber to like a larger one. And, um, now whenever I see a comment that doesn't reference, doesn't address me specifically, I'm like, Oh, look, there it is. Somebody's talking about me instead of to me. That's interesting. I I've definitely noticed that. And it's, it's a weird, when you read that, you're like, did you think I wasn't going to see this? Like, do they just assume that you're not reading comments anymore? Cause I, I read them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey, I'm right across the table. I'm like, I can hear you talking about me. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I know we always wonder that about like Alpha M says he never reads comments or anything and um, yeah, it seems like he does more and more but I actually just watched his video today about letting go of Pete and Pedro and, and bringing in uh, a new CEO and I think that's pretty cool. And it's funny to hear him at his scale because it's like for you and I to have the success of Pete and Pedro would be like huge and that'd be the one thing but because his Tish Hanley success is so uh, runaway then uh, I guess it makes Pete and Pedro look like small potatoes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't. I haven't watched that video yet, but I know he, it seems like he's been thinking about that for a while, like letting letting go of some of the uh, operational stuff with Pete and Pedro. So that's probably the right move. Yeah. Do you watch his T. Shanley vlogs? I don't watch everyone, but uh, but sometimes sometimes he'll get me with the headline. I'm like, all right, fine. I gotta <laughs> I gotta see what this is. <laughs> You know what I found in myself watching a lot is the Zuniga's channel, not TMF proper, but you know the behind the scenes of the Zuniga's like 
uh, when he was buying a house because they they caught me with a couple of titles and I like jumped in and watched them and now YouTube puts them up for me. But I found myself enjoying them because I don't really know Jose. I just see people comment on my videos that they don't like him anymore, his channel. But like I feel like I've gotten to know them a little bit through that behind the scenes channel. Yeah, that actually is that. That's a cool channel. I think it's it's interesting to see. I think they're very intentional with with how they approach like their business, and so it's interesting to see them kind of evolve. Because at first it was it was teaching men's fashion, and then they started Gents Tech, um, and they kind of had these two channels, so like two different product categories. But then they've now they have their their blog, and they've kind of like they're kind of like branding their family almost, like branding their their name, um, which I think is is smart, you know, to do that versus having like just like a tech review channel because there are so many of those out there, and you know, it's it's pretty competitive, especially given like the high production quality and in, in the, the tech review space. Yeah, and it's easy for any like younger viewers to watch this guy that's a YouTuber go out and have like a, a Mercedes. What does he have? Like an AMG S sixty three or something. He's got like big big ass trucks and expensive cars and it's like I, that that's very appealing yeah definitely I have a lot of a lot of material to work with and like you know the house buying and, and just all that stuff so <laughs> but i it's you know it's hard enough to get to get content for one channel i can't imagine trying to you know have regular content on two different channels oh i know and then like um aaron mentioned on his video that he does basically does the tmf videos but then he translates them into spanish records those and does those too so Dude's a workhorse. You get what you you get out what you put into YouTube, I guess. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it, one thing like I, I don't like I, I feel like if I had something like Tej Hanley, uh, you know, and Pete and Pedro, I feel like I wouldn't do like sponsorships wouldn't really be a part of my overall business plan, you know, because like even with my my role in Peter Manning, I'm doing like way less sponsorships, you know, because I just, I don't really have time for them, you know, and, um, and also, you know, don't really need that revenue stream as much. So, but it, it's interesting that, I don't know, I think, I think they just have a different, a different level of hustle or like different goals for their business or something because, you know, they have their product kind of like their set, their separate businesses, like the retail businesses. And then they have like pretty robust, uh, sponsorship programs too. Yeah, I know. Well, that's good for them. I would. Maybe I'll hustle like that someday. My my last thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, data management. Like, do you, so do you keep all the footage you shoot when you put into a video? What's what's your thoughts on that? Um, I usually don't keep all of the raw footage. I, I keep uh, so I, I basically take the like select footage um, in Final Cut and. Uh, you know, once I export that final video, I put like the final video file in the cloud. Uh, and then I'll take the actual project that has like, not all of the footage, but like, I guess most of most of the raw footage and put that on uh, an external drive. And I still need to have like a better backup system for that external drive. Um, but that's, that's basically what I'm doing. And then if something's like, you know, if I, if I need to go back, if I'm doing like a watch collection video, I need some B-roll for a watch, I probably have something on that external drive. But I guess my thought is if it didn't make it into the actual video, it's probably not all that important. So I'm not too like anal about keeping like 
every little bit of uh, raw footage. Hmm. Yeah, because I know Casey Neistat has said like he keeps every single thing forever, and he's got like terabytes of storage. But then in one of these video, one of the Tease vlogs, Aaron Marino said that he he just keeps nothing. Like he even uses YouTube as his backup for the videos. Like he doesn't even keep some of the final videos. And I'm kind of in the middle, like. I delete a bunch of stuff that I don't use, but I now I've found a few times it's like bit me on things and I have to like go download the YouTube video and grab a clip and then put it in there and things. So part of that mm-hmm. is because I work a lot on a laptop. I've got a big heart. I've got a big desktop with a ton of storage, but I, I work a lot on the laptop. And so syncing with like Dropbox and stuff, it's like I and then plus there is a bunch of videos I accidentally record in 4K. So the file sizes are huge and that's a good system, though keep the stuff that made it into the video yeah and i think it's i mean like like casey nice to have I me mean, at that point there's a certain point where you'd have to have some sort of like rack storage with like automatic backup and you have to be like pretty pretty good about swapping out old hard drives because i mean the thing is like even if you have a say an external driver you keep your raw files and you back that up that's going to fail at one point it's so, like you got to be on that before it happens like every year, you know, I've had external drives fail within a couple of years. And so, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I guess I just don't know if it's, if it's worth it, but I don't think there's a right, like the fact that Aaron isn't coach show, like there's no right answer really. It just kind of, you gotta do something that works for you. Yeah. Two guys with collectively 30 million subscribers got a, one of them's doing it right. Yeah. (laughs) I noticed that your James Bond series did really well uh, overall, especially the uh, the style mistakes. Something that you continue either in that specific, you know, to James Bond or, or something like that. Yeah, the first video I was, I had a good feeling about, but I didn't quite understand the scale that it could reach. Like, uh, my thought is. If you have a video that's good, YouTube will push it and promote it no matter how many subscribers you have. And I see that repeated over and over. So I was really pleased with that one. Um, the second and third videos, I liked the sock video. I knew that one would be a little more niche. The third one where I cover all three of the awesome suits, I think I talked about that. Um, I, I'm pleased with that response, and I think it will continue to grow. I actually have two more that are done. Um, I need to finish editing. And then, you know, Matt, Matt's on board to keep doing a couple more. I told him that, you know, if he's got ideas for a blog post, then I could, I could work with him to get a video up the same day as the post. And so he's opening to continue going there. I want to expand the series. I've wanted to do a, um, a video on Andy from the office to compliment my Jim Halpert one for a while. And so like, if I, once I can get the time to, you know, either write the script for the Andy one or get get a little bit more in depth on the James Bond thing. Um, I'd love to expand that series because I'm personally interested in it, and um, it's you know the audience reaction has been great as well. Plus, it got me on NPR, so you know I'll keep going there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, it's pretty cool that uh, I don't know. It's pretty cool that you can experiment like that on this platform. You know, and it's it's one of the things that like it's like especially with your channel. I've done it to some extent, but you've done like a lot of different formats and you kind of have your core format, but then you're like peppering in these other formats just to see what works. And that, that one seems to be a, uh, I guess kind of like the video essay format. It seems to be a winner. Yeah. And like, I've got, um, yeah, I think of my, I think of my videos in a couple of different ways. It's like, I've got unboxings, I've got reviews and roundups. I've got my 
industry analysis and then um like I did my my mattresses, I did my my mellow, I did um I actually have a couch from campaign that I'm going to be doing probably tomorrow. Um, and so it's like, it's all just stuff that I'm interested in. It still comes back to style every way. It's like, I'm not going to do a video essay on a movie broadly. I'm going to do, um, like, I'd really love to do Kingsman and talk about some of the double breasted suits in the Savile Row and that kind of thing. And so, um, I also want to bring in like more, um, more voices like Matt is such a great, great resource for that. I also just got a, um, I got a butcher box cause I've been, I've always wanted to do some of the food subscription services cause even though it's not style and fashion is to like lifestyle but i would love to get like a butcher to review butcher box so like what is the type of meat that you're getting is it good uh, is it a good value and that type of thing and so that's how i think about the the channel going forward is to to bring in some of those voices because i'm i'm not i don't know everything i barely know anything i'd love to bring in some more expertise yeah that's cool that would be really cool to get a an expert to uh to kind of weigh in on stuff like that because it's you take like butcher box and it's like yeah, of course it's kind of marketed as this premium direct consumer thing but it's like all right what is like an old school like you know your neighborhood butcher who does this stuff every day what does he has to have to say about it mm-hmm. and it's like i i've now from the butcher box i've eaten the filet mignon i've eaten the chicken breast i've eaten the sirloin steak and they're indistinguishable to me from meats that we buy at whole foods but I could definitely tell that they're better than what I buy at like a normal grocery store for a budget price. And so like that's the context that I can give. But yeah, if I could have a butcher be like, this is this is a certain grade, uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. So plus I got a good kitchen for it. When I built my kitchen, it looks like a YouTuber kitchen. It's like very wide and open, well lit, beautiful, not to toot my own horn, but I'd love to get some more stuff out there. Nice. Very cool. I might help my wife start a a mom cooking channel. I keep telling her she should. She cooks all this food that's like sugar-free, gluten-free, dairy-free for my daughter. And uh, that's definitely a niche in its own. So just like Ben, Ben's going to do a darts channel. I'm going to start a woman's, I'm going to help my wife start a woman's cooking channel or something. I don't know. That'd be awesome. I get too extracted too easily. I know. (laughs) So many ideas. So little time. All right, well, it was great catching up with you, Brock, and I uh, hope everybody enjoyed our ramblings for a little bit here in our July episode. We'll catch up in August as well. And in the meantime, we have a bunch of uh, great episodes coming up with other guests, and we'll continue to uh, bring some more on through the rest of the year as well.